0: Today's message is uh, titled Godly Influence, and it's um, continuing the series that Mark started last week, the sermon series, Summer on the Mount, and Living Counterculturally. And if you want to go ahead and get your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5, and we'll start there here in just a minute while you're turning there. First, we need to understand the context of why Jesus is saying the things that he said, what we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. It's probably even mentioned in your Bible uh, the title is maybe possibly the Sermon on the Mount. Well if you've been, if you were Mark's message last week you'll see that this is a guide to Christian living. It's chapter 5 of Matthew and if you're like me you'll see that these teachings uh, they're very hard, very to the point, kind like that gut punch what I call the book of James. It's a matter of speaking and it's it's tough You know, Jesus liked to speak in parables, which he did so over 30 some recorded times just in Scripture. The other times he was very direct. That's with the case here in Matthew chapter 5. He was very direct. Why? Well, that's what's interesting. The The message from the Sermon on the Mount was directed to squash the Pharisees' rule of words and enhance the law by attacking the heart. See, back then, the, the Pharisees, just a little quick rundown of them, they were a ruling Mosaic law group that not only ruled during the religious activities and actions inside the temple, but they decided they wanted to do it outside of the temple as well. And they were considered experts in the law and the traditions of the fathers. But throughout the Gospels, when you're reading the Gospels, you'll see that Uh, They're they're constantly trying to catch Jesus off guard. They're constantly. uh, Little did they realize they're trying to catch the Lord at, at something. They didn't like what Jesus was preaching. And each time they approached him about this, Jesus would turn them away and show the Pharisees how they had abused the law. That They had turned, I want you to get this, they had turned God's word into an outwardly expressed religion. An outwardly expressed religion, instead of the inwardly faith-based belief that results in the changed heart of a sinful man. You know, as we know from Scripture, uh, the Pharisees would eventually want Jesus killed, which led to the cross. The whole wow, how they didn't realize that that was why Jesus came here. You know, they were just a piece in God's sovereignty and plan for salvation. How they thought they were, what they were doing is the right thing, but actually what they were doing is already planned. You know, The Pharisees thought they had wisdom and and superiority over everyone, but in fact, uh, they played the role of the fool, the role of the fool. And Jesus called them for what they were, which was a mere political party of suffrage. It leads into Sermon on the Mount and why Jesus said what he said. At this particular time these Pharisees would come around wanting to hear what he had to say. So in chapter five of Matthew in verse thirteen, it's probably titled in your in your Bible maybe The Salt and Light, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? We've all heard this before, the salt and light. It's one of the tough sayings. But the question posed of us today is how can the church influence the culture? We've already seen how the the opposite of that. We see it every day and how the culture is now influencing the church. This has been a thing coming about for it's not recently, it's been going on for decades and decades now. I remember one time I was at a meeting and one of the topics was, and I couldn't believe it, was how to reach the lost. And this particular group, very well known, said, well, we need to look like them. Okay, so they colored their hair green and did all this other kind of stuff. And uh, even then I knew that That's doing the opposite of what we're called to do. I mean, color your hair whatever you want to do. That's fine. Jesus' not going to look at you for that. But trying to reach the lost is this way. That's the only way. So, how can the church influence the culture? Well, Jesus gives us two examples of what we just looked at and read in Matthew chapter 5. And the first one is to be sought salt's known for its purity it was not just it was a mineral of course it also had some other functions and you can see it written throughout the Bible uh, one of the lesser known uses is in Judges chapter 9 verse 45 and it states that King Amalek scattered salt over a city he destroyed there are many theories as to why this was done even back in the Old Testament Leviticus chapter 2 13 states season all your grain offerings with salt do not leave the salt of the covenant of your grain offerings. Add salt to all your offerings. And there's a mention of a salt covenant in Numbers, Book of Numbers and Second Chronicles, as a binding promise of God. So salt's always played this important role. But then, fast forward into the time period of Jesus' day, and Eddie Barker remembers this, people use salt to preserve meats, you know, the addition of salt would basically, what it did was, it would slow the decaying process down you know, and allow meats, you know, to um, be kept longer. Salt has this function in, in, in today's time as well. We look at it for canning reasons. And also, as John Colt pointed out to me, another function was, or is using salt in cooking to reduce bitterness. See how that could function in our own lives as believers that salt could do away even with our own bitterness. But, you know, this made me think of, thank goodness, for refrigerators and freezers. So another use of salt was for preservation. However, many of us think of salt as a flavor added to enhance taste. Or perhaps the addition of salt takes a bland substance and makes it more appealing. If you're following me here we're talking about people we're not talking about food talking about lost people what our lord said in our text is we are to be the salt of the earth christians are to strive to live a life of purity and the evidence should be seen by others but no one can do so without the word of god I think every time I preach the rest of my life, if I don't say that, I want my wife to get mad at me because I can't say it enough. I almost start shaking when I think about the importance of the Word of God, which comes from reading it and hearing it. We have shirts with, uh, from a, a pastor, in Justin Peters, and the back of the shirts say, "If you want to hear God speak to you, read your Bible." If you want to hear God speak to you audibly, read it out loud. Are we doing that? Are we doing that? With this thought the Bible can serve the purpose of salt in our lives. That's what we need in our lives. When the word of God touches our eyes and our ears, it's 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 for a reason. You know the word will add flavor. To a lost and sinful person and through salvation be made justified with our lord and jesus example in this text says we have value in this world salt had value we have value and studying for this there's actually been wars fought over salt things that we just kind of overlook and take for granted the importance of and jesus calls on us to be the salt to a decaying world. Think about that. Just look at our news, our local news. You don't even have to look at the national news and you can see how our society is decaying every day of the week. We're becoming desensitized and almost numb to what's going on around us. Things that happen now, you remember 20 years ago if you read about it or seen it, it'd be on the news. People were glued to the news. People were Constantly, can't believe this happened now. A lot of times, a couple days later, we forget all about it. Jesus calls on us to not let the world contaminate our salt. One way, another, another way to, salt loses its value is contamination of other flavors. Same sin can do to us another way is to let that let salt be washed away that's how it loses its flavor the water just makes it disappear same way with sin in our lives can do the same thing to us when this happens we we lose our unique purpose our purpose is to be spreaders of the truth and Jesus calls us to be different and stand out in a lost and dying world you know This world is full of tasteless ethics and lack of morals. And we're supposed to be be the salt, be the difference. If you want to preserve the word of God, then speak it. It's that simple. And a quote, I'm a bold Christian, not a scaredy-cat Christian. That came from Mr. T. So I wanted to be the only pastor probably today that, that quoted Mr. T. The second way the church can influence the culture is by being a light. Now, from this section of salt and light, we probably understand it a little more about being a light. The function of light is to shine or illuminate. Jesus said in John 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 9, 5, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. John twelve forty six. I have come into the world as light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. John 1, 4, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John 1, 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Luke 232, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. You see where I'm going? We could do this all day. There's a whole bible full of scripture about Jesus being a light and he's calling us to be that too. And Jesus has illuminated the way for us through him. The only way to God. Period. Through Jesus to salvation the only way. There are no other ways. You know, if there was any other ways to heaven, then our Bible would not be correct. And Jesus would be lying. Jesus said he is the only way. Period. John 14, 6. But Jesus said it also would not be easy. I think we can all agree with that. But it's not easy. Matthew 7, 13-14. It says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. But then there's the last part of that verse that hurts the most, and it says, And only a few find it. That should rip at our hearts. That's flat out telling us there's going to be more people in hell than there is going to be in heaven. You know, this passage should rip at the heart of every Christian and, and melt the heart of the lost. I know it does me. You know, we, are, we are to be the light and let others see that. We're not called to be secret Christians hiding out you know, in a lost world, afraid of being found out but do you live like that? You know, if you're called to be a light, then how could you be anything other than that? Do you turn the light switch off at work? At home? In the line at Walmart? Around people you don't know? In your car while driving or stuck in traffic? Is being the light Jesus wants you to be embarrassing? Think about that, is it embarrassing? We talk Monday morning in a lot of offices, more talk is going on about football games that happened over that Saturday and Sunday or baseball games or whatever, things that happened over the weekend. You know, we're more eager to tell someone about the new lawn mower and how it's doing in our yard, but do we tell anybody about the service we came from the day before? What's your priority? You know what it is. It's easy to know what your own priority is. Is it Jesus? Is it this? This book's hard to hold. It's a billion pounds. It's what it is. It's the weight of the entire world. Every single thing inside your heart should be Pushing you to this every day, I believe as a as a man, and um, this better be open in your home. There's no other way to say it. If it's not open in your home, you're failing your wife, you're failing your kids, you're failing your grandkids, you're failing whoever's there in your home. Better be open. there's not a man in the home, then you open the Bible. What I'm getting at is has to start now. Today. Period. I want you to see something. And I'll, you don't have to turn there, but I'm going to look there. There's a few verses talking about how things don't necessarily have to be easy. These are some verses that when I read, it just really opens my eyes and, um, to what I'm not doing now, and that's enough. Not living a life telling people enough. I think about Apostle Paul, some stuff that he went through in his life. And Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and starting verse 23, He says, are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, have been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled, and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and have gone Without food, I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. I think he went through some tough stuff there. And he did it all for the glory of the Lord. You know, Paul said and a lot of tough stuff, that's for sure. He's not the only one. I'm going to flip real quick over to Acts in chapter 4. Read about someone else similar to this. In Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 8, and this is after, of course, Jesus had been crucified. And now Peter, when you start to see this change in Peter, and then Peter filled, verse 8, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people and he's looking at the same people that wanted Jesus killed if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame this is right after they healed a man that was lame and are being asked how he was healed then know this you and all the people of Israel it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified but whom God raised from the dead that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the cornerstone. You builders is rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind but which we must be saved. These are people that, these are two instances of bravery and courage in front of people, not people that would just turn that switch off at work they didn't want anybody thinking they weren't part of the group, part of the crowd, or whatever. Another example is Acts chapter 7. And in verse 51, talking about Stephen, not me. We know that the account of Stephen was, he was stoned to death. And if you read Acts chapter 7, he gives a very long account of the history, basically, of of the Jews in Israel, up until then. And it's starting in verse 51, right before he was stoned to death, he looked at the same people, and he says, You stiff-necked people. Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You're just like your ancestors. Listen to this. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? That's a story of our Old Testament, isn't it? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. Right? Who's that? John the Baptist. Now you have betrayed and murdered him. You have received the law that was given through angels but not, but have not obeyed it. These are just some examples of people that didn't turn that switch off at home or at work. These are people that help pave the way for us to be here today doing what we're doing, freely. Yeah. Another aspect of light is to expose. The reading and hearing of Scripture exposes areas in our own lives that need attention. The light also exposes the world for what it is. The world is nothing more than a place of just searching for endless and personal gains. Light exposes dishonest and false teachers, false preachers that pervert the gospel through prosperity claims that we know are not true. then there are those that promote their church as houses of healing. They completely ignore that healing comes from salvation and the bonds of sin that fall away then. What should be more important than salvation? That's not being preached in those kinds of churches all over this country. They're in our town now that are going to be here more and more and more and more and more. That's what we're up against. Lies. You know, a third function of light is to warn. Hence the meaning of the term warning light. Don't confuse this with caution light, as do most people around Bristol. Let me speed up. but uh, No one told me before we moved to Bristol that Bristol Motor Speedway was not confined just to a short track. It was actually the entire city. And its dragway is Cedar Valley Road where I live. <clears throat> Rather, the Holy Spirit gives us warning lights. When we do, or think something contrary to what we should. We hear that voice it's telling us, why am I thinking there? Why did that thought even come there? That's the Holy Spirit redirecting us. So the Holy Spirit illuminates the right way to get back on track. But perhaps this will sum it up. If you get your Bibles, go ahead and turn to John chapter 3. In John chapter 3, we're going to look at verse 19. John chapter 3 has got a lot in it. Most people think that it just has one verse, and it's 316. But if you look on down below that, in verse 19. I think that verse right there really sums so much up. Before we get to our invitation, I want to encourage you, as this message has myself, to examine your heart and see if you have been the salt and light that Christ wants you to be. And the beauty of this is, if you haven't, make today the day to start never too late as long as you're breathing you never have you're not out of time and the connection bottom of your bulletin is this we have the opportunity to influence culture as we live out our lives for Christ we have the opportunity to influence our culture as we live out our lives of Christ. This message is not meant to be a message just of beating us up. A lot of times that's what the Bible does. And I think a lot of times that's why people don't want anything to do with the Bible. People look at it as something that's just going to bring them down or convict them or tell them they're not doing something right. It's probably because you're not. It does that to me every time I look at it too. You know, I cannot put enough emphasis on the word of God. If there's anything in your life that's important, it should be the word of God. Our Old Testament's full of people that died. Of telling people the Word of God. We do it now. Don't even think about it. In our New Testament's full of People that died for Christ, including himself, for this world. I think of. Am I doing enough? No, I'm not. For any beans? Am I doing enough? But we can make today that day. That's the good news part of it. And start today. we doing more. As long as we live, we're alive. We have that opportunity. And we can still be that influence. and pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord thank you for your word. Lord uh, can't think in my life, Lord, of anything that should be more important knowing the truth knowing the life and knowing Jesus every single day Lord there's a lot of things that we have to fight on this earth you know you see Lord you're there holding our hand the whole time Lord we have your spirit leading us as a light help us be that salt to this earth Father, just thank you. Thank you for your grace. Lord, what a free gift given to us that we do not deserve. Father, your love is uncomparable. It's unexplainable. Words don't even define what your love is, Father. If salt is pure, your love is purer than pure. Love is perfect. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.